the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Pat Williams Power Hour on the new 94.9 FM and AM 950 WTLN. This is your hour when Orlando Magic Senior Vice President Pat Williams sits down and speaks with authors who have written books on topics of interest and insight for listeners like you. And now, here's your host, Pat Williams. Welcome once again, folks, uh, to the Pat Williams Saturday Power Hour. We do this show every weekend. On the new 94.9 FM and AM 950 WTLN, uh, Alan Dempsey, he pushes all the buttons so we can get this show recorded. And uh, then Andrew Herdliska produces it for us. And in the first half hour, uh, we've got an interesting guest from Dallas. His name is Sam Ingracia, uh, international missionary. We're going to talk about the book that he and his wife have put together, Praying Together. A Simple Path to Spiritual Intimacy for Couples. Sam, great to chat with you, and I'm glad you can join me. Thank you, Pat. I appreciate very much being on your show. Uh, thank you very much. Before we get into the book, I, I'm uh, intrigued, fascinated uh, by your own ministry. Uh, can you talk for a minute about that, what you do full-time? Sure. I would love to. Thank you for the opportunity. I'm on staff with a ministry called E3 Partners, based here in Dallas, actually Plano, Texas. Mm -hmm. And the focus of our ministry, Pat, is church planting, really, that international focus primarily. We work in about 35 countries around the world. And what we're doing as a part of our model is mobilizing North Americans on short-term mission trips. But the focus is is very tight. It's, It's it's saturation evangelism and target communities to help start and strengthen, establish, if you will, simple local churches. So a lot of this very grassroots kind of a thing, uh, starting churches in homes and halls and storefronts, what we oftentimes call walking distance churches. You know, mm-hmm. many of these folks don't even have access to transportation. And and I serve as the strategy coordinator for our work in Colombia, South America. In fact, I was just there last week. I had a team in the city of Cali. And so uh, I tell you, it's just taking people out to share the gospel of Jesus Christ, working in the harvest, and then seeking to retain that harvest in small local churches to create the environment of discipleship and all it means to be a part of a local body of Christ. So it's really church planting, mobilizing the church to multiply the church. Tell me about your new book, Sam, and why you wrote it. Well, this has been an amazing adventure for my wife, Vicki, and I, Pat. Um, it's almost comical to me that the Lord would have led us to write a book on prayer together, you know, because quite frankly, for the bulk of our marriage, this is an area where we weren't doing so well, and I, I take most responsibility for that. I We would pray together like a lot of Christian couples do, but I would say that it lacked much intentionality or, or any kind of regularity. It was almost haphazard, you know. And uh, and about five years ago, in the spring of 2011, there were some issues that began to percolate around some of our adult daughters and some issues that were really creating some concern and pressure and stress. And a lot of that was particularly falling on my wife, it seemed, more than me, maybe. And uh, in that time, 
my wife just really appealed to me and said, said some pretty strong words. And we talk about the story in the book, but it was like not out of a bitterness, but just out of her sharing her heart of being overwhelmed and feeling a bit alone in the spiritual battle falling on her shoulders. And so I passed. God just hit me with a rocket of conviction in that moment. And he just basically said in my heart, Sam, pray my word with Vicki. Pray my word with her. And that was the awakening for me to say, you know what, honey, we're going to pray, but what we'll do is let's let the Word of God become a guide for our prayers and let the Holy Spirit inform the content of what we're praying about and in this way have sort of a fresh flow and an anointing of what to pray over our marriage and family and girls and so on in ministry. And, and Pat, that was a game changer. That moment was a game changer and that's what praying together is all about. It's, it's really calling couples to a, a message, but a simple prayer model of how to pray Scripture together as a couple and all the implications and power that that, that, that holds. Uh, you open with an uh, introduction called Building on a Rock Foundation. Uh, what's that about, Sam? Well, we, we thought a good place to start was by using Jesus' words at the conclusion of the Sermon on the Mount. You know, he gives this masterful parable. There's a wise builder and a foolish builder. One is building on rock, one is building on sand. The difference is if you hear his words and practice it or do it. So it's about obedience. But what's interesting in the teaching of Jesus is that he's a realist, you know. He says the rain is falling, the streams are rising, and the wind is blowing. And that's a reality. And so the difference is, in the midst of that reality, what are you building on to be able to stand and storm? And so, you know, the fact of the matter is, in all our marriages and lives and ministry, it's, it's a bit of a storm. There's targets to hit, there's road to be traveled, and it can be rough and challenging. And the fact is, uh, Vicki and I just committed to say, you know what, if we, will, if we will pray together more consistently and use the Bible as a guide for those prayers— we sense we really would be building on rock foundation in our marriage and home and our family, and that would help us just face those falling rain, rising streams, and blowing winds. And so that's that's what that introduction was about. It was calling folks to a, a path and a, and a practical way to build marriage on rock foundation. Now let's plunge into the meat of the book. You start with mixed pairs. Or martial arts with a question mark with a question mark. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's an interesting chapter to open with. You know, it's kind of like mixed pairs. I'm talking about uh, we're talking about like ice skating. You know, they're skating on ice. Everything is smooth and harmonious. It just seems wonderful. The man is the power. He lifts the beauty. You know, and spins on the ice. And you know, maybe some marriages look like that from time to time, but the martial arts contrast was, you know, battling in the ring where you're like in a competition or almost a battle at times to win. And so uh, we're saying, how can we move more towards the ice than the ring, you know, than the boxing ring? In that chapter, I talk about the difference between a compass and a map. And many times a spiritual exhortation, especially about marriage maybe or men's leadership in marriage. It feels like a compass to me, like like the general direction and exhortation to go. But you know what we really need to do is we need more of a map. And so we're saying the map to spiritual intimacy can literally be the Bible itself. And rather than have some general exhortation, be a spiritual leader, I'm really calling men out, and of course we talk to couples as well, but calling men out to lead their wife by 
praying scripture with them, and therefore having a viable path to follow, not some elusive compass. Let's plunge into the next topic, a three-strand cord, you call it. Yeah, we have marriage, we have prayer, we have the Word of God. Think about those three provisions and mm-hmm. institutions from God. We believe in marriage according to the Bible, although marriage is in a grave attack in our generation. We believe in the Bible, what the Bible says about marriage, so we have our, our marriage. We believe prayer is like the transmission signal. It's communicating with God, our Heavenly Father. We believe in prayer. And, of course, we have the holy written Word of God. It dawns upon us that if we would literally weave those three strands into one singular cord, marriage, praying the Word of God, it forms a strength in that marriage path that's undeniable. Uh, now, and our, our guest, by the way, is Sam Ingracia. He and his wife, Vicki, have written the book, Praying Together, uh, Our Great Awakening. Uh, that's the next topic I want you to plunge into. Yeah, I really referred to this a little bit already when that five years ago when we fell into this difficult time, and that's when the Lord really convicted me particularly to about this this model and this path of praying the Word of God. But a little bit of the backstory, Pat, is we had... Uh, our oldest daughter was really prodigal for quite some time, really kind of walked into the Broadway that leads to destruction. Mm. And that was one of those pressure points in our marriage. And then later on, some other issues with a couple other, two of our other daughters. And I know you had a vast family as well. I read about, so you can relate to that even more than me probably. But all of those pressures and confusions in our marriage is what led to what I call the Great Awakening. Vicki and I needed a more intentional, more regular spiritual connectedness in our marriage, and that awakening was pray scripture together. Let's uh, take a break here, and we'll get back right after this, Sam. We've got to um, play the bills here. And uh, <laughs> just a reminder, folks, that this is the Pat Williams Saturday Power Hour. We do this show every weekend. Always delighted when you join us. On the new 94.9 FM and AM 950 WTLN, our guest is Sam Ingracia. Uh, he and his wife, Vicki, have written the book, Praying Together, A Simple Path to Spiritual Intimacy for Couples. And uh, when we return after these messages, uh, Sam will continue to teach us from his office in Dallas, Texas. In the meantime, stick around, folks. we got more that you'll find interesting. More of the Pat Williams Power Hour in just a moment on the new 94.9 FM and AM 950 WTLN. Join Richard Jordan, president of Grace School of the Bible, as he opens God's Word every Sunday afternoon at 530 on the new 94.9 FM and AM 950 WTLN. If you missed the Sunday broadcast, you can listen and study along with Dr. Jordan 24-7 at WTLN.com by clicking on the podcast tab and then Riches of Grace. Riches of Grace, a service of Grace Impact Ministries at graceimpact.org. 530 Sunday on the new 94.9 FM and AM 950 WTLN. 
If you're drowning in IRS debt and can't afford to pay, then you need to take advantage of special IRS tax programs that are available and free yourself from IRS collection efforts once and for all. Due to the financial hardship consumers are facing during the decline in the U.S. economy, the Internal Revenue Service has made it easier to settle delinquent tax problems. An open phone line has been established by Community Tax for consumers to call and see if they qualify. Take down this number or store it in your cell phone, but call the Community Tax Helpline at 800-273-0135. If you owe back taxes to the IRS and cannot afford to pay them back, or even if you have years of unfiled tax returns, there's no need to fear anymore. But you have to call the Community Tax Helpline today at 800-273-0135 for the help that you need. Don't take on the IRS alone. They can attack your wages, savings, pension, home, and even your Social Security check. Call 800-273-0135 for your free consultation and to see if you qualify. That's 800-273-0135. Hi, this is Trish Bain with the Hope and Inspiration Call each and every Sunday night right here on WTLN. I've been inspired for 18 years with some amazing stories that I would now like to share with you each and every Sunday night. I've been educating people from around the world for the past 18 years on the Iridoid Rich Noni, the original one. I invite you to join us right here at 830, and I want to thank you in advance. See you then. Don't miss Trish Bain and Friends with Hope and Inspiration. Sunday nights at 830 right here on the new 94.9 FM and AM 950 WTLN. You're listening to the Pat Williams Power Hour on the new 94.9 FM and AM 950 WTLN. And now, here's Pat. Sam and Gracia is with us from Dallas. We're talking about praying together, uh, a simple path to spiritual intimacy for couples. Uh, Sam, I want you to talk about this topic. Say no more than the word. You know, Pat, we're familiar with the idea of expository preaching, you know, where the Mm -hmm. pastor takes us through the Word of God from the pulpit, just literally book by book, paragraph by paragraph, verse by verse, just plowing through the Word of God and letting the Holy Spirit become the speaker. What we're doing with praying together is just simply suggesting this, expository praying, if you will. Praying through books of the Bible is the path that we recommend. Really? Pick, a, pick an epistle, Ephesians, Colossians. Right now, Vicki and I are praying through Ephesians. In fact, pray through James. There's an appendix at the end of the book, <clears throat> praying together, how to pray through the book of James. that literally walks you through a model to help understand how to read a few verses and identify prayer points and pray together. So that's simply it. Three simple steps. Read, observe, pray. We sit down, we read a few verses, no more than usually two or three, quite frankly. And then we kind of sit quiet and say, Lord, okay, what is in this text that would inform our prayer content? What do you want us to pray about? What principle, value, blessing, promise, conviction, confession, what what truth, what's in the Scripture, a word, a phrase, what jumps out at us? I say to Vicki, honey, what do you see? What jumps out at you? And she may suggest a, an idea or some other verses, and I do the same. And then Pat, after having observed the text, I listen the Spirit in that way, then we pray and use the, the prayer points, as you will, the content of the focus of our prayer, and what we see right from the Bible. So in this way, the, the Lord is really leading the prayer time. It's not even me leading it, so to speak, but I lead it in bringing Vicki and I together in yoke with the Word, but it's the Holy Spirit showing us what to pray, and pretty amazing thing. You know how the Lord will speak to you through the Word from time to time? You, you, you pick up something that just jumps out and really strikes you, and it I submit to you, as you pray through the Word, the Lord will meet you in the same way as husband and wife. 
and something you'll see in that text to pray about, you'll discover is exactly what you needed in your marriage or one of your children or grandchildren or your ministry or just friends or whatever it is, the Holy Spirit providentially guiding the prayer time. It's, it's really a, a, a model of anticipation. My guest, Sam Ingracia. Sam, let's talk about international spiritual intimacy, or excuse me, intentional spiritual intimacy. I'm sorry. Uh, explain that one. Well, what we're talking about here is just the whole path. Think how important the word intentionality is. A lot of times we're busy and we're doing a lot of things, whether it's a ministry in our lives, but ask the question, what am I, where am I headed? What am I really doing? What am I intentional about? What's the target? And so realizing that spiritual intimacy is such a glue in the one flesh union of marriage, a husband and wife with God, a Christian husband and wife with the Lord. Well, that spiritual connectedness is, is core. And so, you know, just like the physical union yields and conceives physical life, spiritual union, spiritual intimacy will yield spiritual life. And so Jesus talks about being connected with him in the yoke, connected with him in the vine. And as we do that as husband and wife together, praying through the word, we submit, creates an intentional spiritual intimacy that just becomes a core glue in the marriage. Now let's uh, get into this topic, intimacy and the hurdles of a man's head. <laughs> yeah, one of my one of my favorite chapters, because I've got to write that one by myself. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, I've ministered to a lot of men, Pat, over the last number of years, and you know, the fact of the matter is, we're not very good at praying with our wives. I've talked to a lot of men and a lot of even Christian leaders, but for some reason, we, we're we dropping that ball. And, you know, sometimes we feel like we don't have any blueprints or maybe any modeling from perhaps our own experience with our own home or father. But as I've talked to many men, it seems to boil down to there's two feature hurdles that we need to get over. And one is it says in my, I say to myself, you know what, Vicky's, I feel like Vicky's ahead of me, you know. She's really more spiritual than I am. She's probably okay, and if I get involved with her, I'll just kind of mess it up. So I'm I'm a little intimidated by the spirituality of my wife, and so that that keeps me maybe blocked a little bit. And the other hurdle I, I find that men talk about, this one's actually a little more penetrating, Pat. I It, it goes like this. It's like, man, she knows who I really am. Mm. How do I step toward my wife and come in this much light? with the word and to pray with her and so on. And she knows I, and men, you know, we all have all these issues and challenges and sin struggles. And, and, you know, men will tell me many things, man, I got us in debt and I, I struggle with the kids and my job. And I, there's a lot of issues, challenges in my life. How do I step my number wife spiritually? She knows who I really am. It's almost like a hypocrisy or a, again, like a, a fear really. So, you know what I find, Pat, is what we do then is, and the enemy is ha- happy to help us do this, disqualify myself. I-, I disqualify myself, put myself in the penalty box, and you know what? I'm not worthy to come out. Well, that leaves my wife again on that ice illustration, skating out there alone. And I can't score a goal when I'm sitting in the penalty box, you know? Mm. So we're really calling men and say, you know what, men, come out by faith. Here's a path. Here's a model that's biblical, simple, transferable. I challenge you, pray the word with your wife. 
And, and we're praying that God would use this book as a tool to help move marriages in, in, in that path and move men out of the penalty box, begin to pray the word and cover and protect the family with, a, with prayer. Now, Sam, we need to move to the topic of seven benefits of praying the Bible. Explain all that to us. Well, I don't know if we're going to plow through all seven, but let me just give you some features at least. I, mm-hmm. I, I would submit to you that, that, you know, as I've been emphasizing, guided prayers is a real benefit, it seems to me. When we pray off the top of our heads, you know, it's almost sometimes we're praying the same thing in the same way, you know, the same person kind of over and over again. It gets a little stale, maybe. It's like, I don't know how to sweep the heavens with all kind of prayer creativity, you know, but... I'll tell you, if, Pat, if you pray through the Word of God with your spouse, what you're going to find is a fresh flow of prayer content. The Holy Spirit's showing us all kinds of things. Through the book of Ephesians, think of how many different issues and truth is brought to the forefront. Begin to pray that Word so the Lord, the Lord is guiding your prayers. And another benefit is, is alignment as husband and wife. I it's, this is not in the book, but I recently thought of another illustration. It's like, you know, I need to have my car in the front end aligned so the tires are in alignment and not wearing unevenly. And the road of life can be difficult. Praying scripture is a way to have more alignment in our life to, to provide the strength for facing the realities of life that come at us like moving targets. And another benefit is, 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 is one flesh coming together, a husband and wife, to Pray the Word of God is like an umbrella covering over family and kids and grandkids. If you talk to any one of my, my daughter's pets, they, they very quickly tell you the benefit they feel they've seen in their own lives because they know their mom and dad pray the Word over them. So mm. growing and understanding the Bible together, you spend a little bit of time in the Word on a more regular basis. The Holy Spirit speaks to you. You pray these truths so you're, there's a spiritual intimacy and a spiritual growth that takes place. So... Man, I, I mean, those are just highlights we feel like we've experienced. But I would say as you pray the Word, it, 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 Colossians talks about let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly, and it seems like it weaves more into your soul. Using the Word of God as sword of the Spirit, living and active, powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. A lot of times we leave the Word in the sheath, you know. Take the sword out, pray the Word of God is a way to effectively use the Word in the spiritual battle. Uh, workman that's not ashamed, uh, an armored-up uh, Christian couple, if you will. So man, I, I, it just goes on and on. So many benefits of not only reading study the Word, what if we pray the Word of God? Very powerful. The next topic, Sam, is called Biblical Cornerstones. Uh, what are they? What's that mean? Well, what we did in this section, was I, we just came up with uh, seven biblical passages, which we call cornerstones, that all speak in one way or another, one angle, like facets of the diamond, uh, toward spiritual intimacy in marriage, particularly related to the the power of prayer. So engaging prayer, but engaging it together. It comes right out of the chute in Genesis, where the Bible says in ordaining marriage, God said, for this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh, they were both naked and not ashamed. And so that marital intimacy is a cornerstone. A lack of shame and open intimacy is the foundation of what God is after, this this oneness in marriage. 
So we're suggesting that that Genesis 2 provides us the first cornerstone as a goal for marriage, in holistic intimacy and uh, an evaporation of shame. And so the number of passages is kind of full one by one, uh, coming before the throne of grace in time of need. Uh, nothing hinders our prayers as husbands uh, uh, treat their wife as a co-heir of the grace of life. All scriptures God breathed and useful. We pray the word. We, Ephesians 5, washing our wife, our spouse with the water of the word. Uh, loving wife, hu- wife respecting husband. Just different key passages and sort of uh, teaching out of each one of them to exhort us to the biblical foundations of spiritual marital intimacy and, and spiritual intimacy. Let's move to the topic of casting seeds of hope. Uh, what does that mean? Well, recently, well, it's been some months ago now, but my wife and I did a marriage seminar at a pretty renowned local Bible church here in Dallas. There was 70 couples gathered on a Saturday morning. And I have to tell you, as we, we looked out at that crowd at Dawn and me, Pat, you know, in these 70 Christian marriages, if you could go behind the scenes of all of them, Undoubtedly, there's every kind of issue, struggle, challenge, trial, trouble, sin, struggle. There's all this stuff that's going on in these homes and, and marriages. What in the world can we say to them in a couple hours that would strike a relevant chord to all these folks? You know, and it, it had dawned upon me that you know what we are on the mark. If we can call these these couples toward the Bible to come to the source, the milk of the Word, the sword of the Spirit, and to have a more intentional, more regular commitment to pray the Word of God, that that, in fact, is the way that every single problem, that I don't have a clue what they are, every single issue in all those marriages, could be touched by the Spirit of God and the Word of God if they'd find a way to come together and pray the Word of God. And so that gives us a lot of peace, and that's casting seeds of hope. When people are exposed to this whole this book and just this whole challenge, I, I pray they would take away hope. Not more guilt, not more combination, condemnation, I've failed in the past, but hope and then a clear path, a compass to follow. Not just a compass, I'm sorry, not just a compass, but a map to follow. Pick a book of the Bible, begin to pray, get praying together. I said it'll help you as a tool, available on Amazon and Barnes & Noble, and it's also in bookstores now. So just being freshly released. Thank you, Pat, for having us, you know, here in May on your program. The book's just come out this month. So we pray that it'll be a resource to the body of Christ. Uh, in the closing segment here, Sam, uh, people listening today, what's your message to them? What do you want them to take away? And the, the takeaway would be marriage is under attack on our generation. In the church, we've got to strengthen our Christian marriages. Prayer, we know, is a core spiritual discipline. And I'm telling you, there's a great gap in the body of Christ with marital prayer. Our challenge would be, we all know it's an issue. Let's step towards solving it. We have the answer. Marriage, prayer, Word of God. Let's begin to weave that intentionally together. Let the Bible inform our prayers as husband and wife and find a whole fresh awakening and power release, I believe, uh, as we pray the Word of God. It's not about the book we wrote. It's about the Bible. We're just trying to get, push people toward the Word as a guide for prayer. Uh, why do you, uh, at the end, uh, praying through the book of James? Is, is James got a special niche for you? Well, you know what? I, sure, I love the book of James, uh, but uh, I, I had written a small book called Just Say the Word 
as a forerunner to this, and it was My Heart to Men. It's a very short little book, Quick Read for Men. And we had a prayer guide for Philippians there. So I said, let's pick another short epistle, powerful, practical book, a book of James, and write a prayer guide for people to help them get off the dime and pray through a book together. My guest has been Sam and Gracia, the book Praying Together. Stay with us, folks, because we've got more here on the Pat Williams Saturday Power Hour. It's on the new 94.9 FM and AM 950 WTLN in Orlando, Florida. More of the Pat Williams Power Hour in just a moment on the new 94.9 FM and AM 950 WTLN. Maybe you've been walking with God for most of your life. Maybe you don't know much about Jesus or the Bible. Whatever your background, the new 94.9 FM and AM 950 WTLN invites you to join us each Sunday morning at 1045 for Reach Orlando, a Bible-centered church with a passion to love God, love people, and share the gospel of Jesus Christ with the world. Come study the Bible together with Pastor Adam Parsons and draw closer to God with Reach Orlando, Sunday morning at 1045, on the new 94.9 FM and AM 950 WTLN. If you're drowning in IRS debt and can't afford to pay, then you need to take advantage of special IRS tax programs that are available and free yourself from IRS collection efforts once and for all. Due to the financial hardship consumers are facing during the decline in the U.S. economy, the Internal Revenue Service has made it easier to settle delinquent tax problems. An open phone line has been established by Community Tax for consumers to call and see if they qualify. Take down this number or put it in your cell phone, but call the Community Tax Helpline at 800-273-0135. If you owe back taxes, to the IRS and can't afford to pay them back or you even have years of unfiled returns. There's no need to fear anymore, but you have to call the Community Tax Helpline today at 800-273-0135 for the help that you need. Don't take on the IRS alone. They can attack your wages, pension, savings, home, and even your social security check. Call 1-800-273-0135 for your free consultation and to see if you qualify. That's 1-800-273-0135. Do you have enough drinking water at home or work? Or whatever life throws at you. This is Florida, and you can never have enough good, wholesome drinking water on hand for meetings, family gatherings, even Mother Nature's wrath. Be prepared with Carolina Highland Mountain Spring Water delivered directly to your home or business. Call now for their Be Prepared delivery special. Individual bottles, dispensers, and coolers. No contracts, no fees. Call 407-851-7144 online at carolinabottledwater.com. You're listening to the Pat Williams Power Hour on the new 94.9 FM and AM 
And now, here's Pat. Uh, Sam and Gracia, our guest in that first half hour, talking about praying together. Uh, Dr. John DeGarmo is with us next, folks, radio host of Parent Talk with Dr. John. Uh, He's got a new book out called Faith and Foster Care, uh, How We Impact God's Kingdom. And, uh, John, it's wonderful to catch up with you, so glad we can visit. Uh, Tell me about your book and why you wrote it. Well, thanks for asking. Um, Pat, my wife and I have been foster parents for the past 13 years. We've had over 50 children come through our home um, during those times we've adopted three children. And I've really devoted my life to helping children in foster care. You know, on any given day, there's roughly 500,000 children in the foster care system, yet there are not enough foster parents out there, not enough foster families. And as I travel across the country training foster parents, I continue to hear the same thing from foster parents. There's no book out there that talks about why we do it. And that why is because so many foster parents are answering God's call to care for his children. So there's the book. Well, let's, let's plunge in. Uh, chapter 1 is called Called to Foster. Uh, explain that to us. Well, you know, being a foster parent is not... And let me rephrase it. It is the hardest thing that I've ever done. But, but at the same time, it's also the most important thing I've ever done, and it's the most rewarding thing I've ever done. You know, there, there are um, many people ask me, why do you do it or how do you do it? And I tell them I just am answering God's call to care for his children in need. So many times in the Bible and Scripture, God tells us to pick up his cross and follow him and to care for the widows and the orphans. Well, with 500,000 children in foster care in the U.S., these are America's orphans. And the mission field is right here in the United States. It's in our, it's in our country, it's in our states, it's in our cities, and it's in our backyards. Now I want you to move to this topic, which is interesting, living a life of faith as a foster parent. Explain that to us. Well, you know, as God calls us to, uh, to walk with him and to serve him, he asks us to, he actually, he calls us, to be a light into the world and to help these children. So as we are foster parents, we are, we are serving as an example to these children of God's love. You know, when a child comes into my house, they need stability, sure, and they need security, absolutely. But what they need the most is unconditional love, just like the love that God gives each of us unconditionally. And sadly, for so many of these children, we as foster parents might be the first parent, the first adult who has ever loved these children. And, sadly enough, we might be the only adult who will ever love these children. If these children go, should go back into uh, to their biological family members and it turn out to be a harmful or negative environment, again, we might be the only family who ever loves these children. So we are living our faith to love these children unconditionally, just like God loves us. Let's talk about defending the least of these. Sure. These are the children who are being abused. These are the children who are being neglected. These are the children who are being abandoned. And who is sticking up for them? Who is defending them? Pat, I've had some gruesome stories of children who have come to my home. The four-year-old boy who was burned with cigarettes on the roof of his mouth and his genitals on his tongue from his mommy. Mommy. The 13-year-old boy who was on his birthday was abandoned on a busy, busy highway by his mother. These are the people who are supposed to love these children, their parents, supposed to protect them from all evil, yet these are the people who are hurting them the most. So as foster parents, 
we protect them. We also protect them from the, the, the huge dangers today of social media and online technology and cyberbullying and sexting. You know, there's a huge market today in America, uh, child sex trafficking. Mm. Sadly, so many children in foster care end up in child sex trafficking. These are the victims. These are the victims that the child sex predators are looking for and reaching out because these are the children who are defenseless. Let's get into this topic. Our guest is John DeGarmo. Um, here, here's this one, praying for our children in foster care. Uh, explain how that works. Sure, sure. I had a child that came to us. Oh, Pat, she had a rough life. When she was uh, nine years of age, her parents were killed in Romania. So, Pat, she was adopted by a family in New York who told her that they would love her unconditionally, that they would teach her English, that they'd be her forever family. Yet for six months, they sexually abused her. And then they did something I did not know you could do. They gave her back. They unadopted her. Did not know you could do that. A second family from Pennsylvania said, well, we'll be your family. We'll teach you English. We'll love you unconditionally. And for one year, they sexually abused her. And then Mm. they gave her back. A third family in Georgia said, well, we'll finish teaching you English. We'll be your family. We'll love you unconditionally. And then for the next six years... They physically, sexually, and emotionally abused her, and then they gave her back. And then when she was 17 years of age, she came to live with my wife and I. Mm. And she wanted nothing to do with unconditional She wanted nothing to do with our family. When we talked about love to her, we talked about how we would love her unconditionally. After months, she had lived with us. She rejected it. At one point, she said to, my, she said to me, do you and your wife pray about everything? I mm. said, yeah. She said, Why? I said, because God's at the center of our marriage, and, and, uh, and this is how we work. And she said, well, I don't want you praying for me. Uh, it went really, really downhill from there. Uh, fortunately, she's 25 years of age now. She's about to have a baby. She calls us mom and dad. Um, she's a child welfare worker, and she has a very strong faith in God. And I, 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 it is my hope that all the children that come to my home see that my wife and I are praying for them, lifting them up in prayer. Whether they accept it or reject it, we're going to continue to pray for these children and act as an example for God, God's love. My guest is Dr. John DeGarmo. Uh, we're talking about his book, Faith and Foster Care. Your marriage, partnering with God as you care for his children. Uh, that's our next topic, John. You know, as a foster parent, as I said earlier, it's the hardest thing I've ever done. Uh, you know, marriages can suffer while you're caring for children in need. It's not easy being in marriage. You know, my wife and I, my wife is from Australia, and I am, well, of course, from America. And there are challenges right there. You know, we're never, one of us is never going to be in the, in the, uh, the home of our, of our birthplace, so to speak. Uh, but when you add foster parenting on top of a marriage, well, you're bringing children in, into your home who have lots of challenges, who have lots of needs, and that can add stress a marriage. So it is important as a foster couple, as a couple, as a married couple, to lift each other up in prayer, to pray for wisdom, to pray for strength, to pray for guidance, to pray for your spouse. There's a number of ways that we need to pray for our marriage as we are foster parents. Otherwise, the marriage can be threatened. The marriage could, um, the marriage could end up destroyed. Loving your child's birth parents uh, explain how that's all involved in your book here, uh, John. You know, Pat, for some of the birth parents out there, foster parents are the bad guys. We represent mm. a part of their life they don't want to acknowledge. They may not want to recognize. 
they may not want to even think about it. They may not have accepted the fact that they've made some bad choices in their life, or they made some choices that end up for their children in care. So I understand that, sure. Sometimes we are the bad guys for them. And then there are those birth parents who wish to work with us. Whatever it may be, we have to remember, we have to remember that the reason the children are in care is because the parents have made a bad choice. Why they made a bad choice? Perhaps they have been abused themselves. Two of the children I've adopted from foster care are third-generation foster care, which means their parents were in foster care and their grandparents were in foster care. These people are hurting. These people have been abused. They've been neglected. There is, there is a part of their life that needs healing. So I lift up my birth parents in prayer that, they, that, they, uh, that they're healed, that there is a reunification, that there may be a happy ending for them, so to speak, or that they should have more children, that they become the parents that they need to be for these children. There's a number of ways we can pray for these birth parents. We have to remember... Even that, even that mom who burned her four-year-old son with cigarettes on his tongue and his genitals, even that mom is a child of God. John, now let's talk about uh, heartbreak and loss when your foster child leaves. You know, Pat, what I probably hear the most from people in society is, I couldn't do what you do because it would hurt too much to give the kids back. That's how it's supposed to be, exactly how it's supposed to be. As I said earlier, they need the stability and they need the security, but they need that unconditional love. When they come to my house, there's no difference. There's no label. There's no biological, adoptive, or foster. They're all my children, and I love them all the same. So when they do leave, that is like losing my own child. Mm. It's like losing my own child. So there's tremendous grief. There's tremendous loss. I'll be completely honest with you, Pat. We had today, Mark's... Um, the fifth birthday of one of our foster children. She was with us for just about a year. She left our home two weeks ago. This morning, my wife woke up in tears, woke up crying this morning because we, we don't have this child to hug. Is she in a safe environment? We don't know. But it's very, very hard. So the prayer is, is something that we certainly rely on when it comes to the children leaving. We pray for them. We also pray for us during this time of grief the moth. John, explain, uh, after one year, why did the child leave? Are, is there a time limit? Well, it depends. Uh, in this case, they went to live with a family. Uh, there, was a, there was four children in this, in, this, in this case, and all four children were up for adoption. And my wife and I have had, uh, we're at our limit of how many we can have in our household. We cannot adopt all four. So they went to live with, hopefully, their forever family, a family that's going to adopt them. Now, when children come to foster care, they've been with us for as little as one day and as long as two years. So it really depends upon uh, the specific case. Uh, as I said earlier, we've adopted three from foster care. There have been three cases where we've tried to adopt, and they've ended up as a, as a failed adoption for whatever reason it may be. My guest is Dr. John DeGarmo. Um, now, John, a forever family. That's the next topic you get into. Uh, explain what's going on here. What, how does this work? Well, the child comes into foster care. The parents generally, Pat, have 12 months to, in effect, get their life in order, get their things together. And that is to undergo parenting classes, to drug tests, to... Um, please background checks, get a stable job, get a stable housing, whatever it may be for that reunification. If after that 12 months uh, the parents fail to do that, then the child may go up for adoption. There's what's called parental termination of parental rights. 
Uh, and then the child uh, may go for adoption with, with any biological family member, aunts or uncles or grandparents. After that search is carried out and no one wants to adopt them, then the foster parents are called. And that's where we step in. And that could take maybe up to two or three years for that to, to come full circle. And adoption into a home is not always a happy ending. Sometimes these children have post-adoption depression. There may be birth family members who are reaching out to them. Maybe there's siblings who have been adopted by their families. Whatever it may be, there are challenges after a child is adopted. Uh, so we certainly have to lift up our children in prayer for that as well. John, the uh, church in foster care, you write about that. Uh, what does that mean? How does it work? Well, Pat, you know, not everybody uh, can be a foster parent. I get it. I really do understand that. Not everybody's called to do that. Not everybody's equipped to do that. But everybody can help in some way. There's a way out there for someone to help right now. And I really believe, I truly believe that the church's next great mission field is those 500,000 children right here in our nation in the foster care system. This is a wonderful opportunity for the church to answer that call. And there are so many ways the church can help children in the foster care. For example, my own church acts as a safe haven, which is this. When my children come into foster care, they have, by court order, to visit with their birth parents whether that may be once a week or twice a week, whatever it may be. And that could be at a child welfare agency, or it could be at a park, or it could be, like many of my kids, at a state prison. Now, all these areas are usually cold and unwelcome and uninviting and have bad memories for the children and the foster and the birth parents. So my church opens up their doors once a week. Many of the church members are volunteers. The foster parents drop off the children. The birth parents come. The church members, church volunteers, act as supervisors and monitor it. And the children are able to meet with their birth parents in a visitation at the church in a welcoming, neutral, warm environment. This is an opportunity for the church to, uh, to witness and to reach, to reach out. Maybe the church wants to hold a clothes drive for new children in foster, for foster care. Many of these kids come to our home with just the clothes in their back, so they need clothing. They need gifts at Christmas time and, and, and birthdays. My guest, folks, is Dr. John DeGarmo, radio host of Parent Talk with Dr. John. We're talking about his new book. It's called Faith and Foster Care, How We Impact God's Kingdom. Good read, good interview, and we've got more with Dr. John right after this. You're listening to the Pat Williams Saturday Power Hour. I do this show every weekend. Always thrilled to have you. It's the new 94.9 FM and AM 950 WTLN. More of the Pat Williams Power Hour in just a moment on the new 94.9 FM and AM 950 WTLN. Is looking good important to you? Then what you wear and how it looks on you means a lot. Let's face it. Whether you wear a suit, uniform, or dickies to work, you probably spend a great deal on your clothes and you want to keep them looking good as new. That's where Priceless Dry Cleaners comes in. You can trust the folks at Priceless Dry Cleaners. They've been keeping clothes like new in Central Florida for over 25 years. And from the same location, North Orlando Avenue in Winter Park, across from Trader Joe's. Short on time? Let's face it. Who isn't? Family owned and operated. Priceless 
Faceless Dry Cleaners saves you time with free pickup and delivery from your home, shop, or office. If you want to keep your clothes looking newer, longer, then you need Priceless Dry Cleaners. 220 North Orlando Avenue, Winter Park, and in Altamont Springs at 851 State Road 436 in San Sebastian Square 2. Check out their Business VIP Club at PricelessCleaners.com, where groups with five or more members get 25% off dry cleaning. Priceless Dry Cleaners, because looking good and having a dry cleaner you know you can trust is important to you. Join Richard Jordan, president of Grace School of the Bible, as he opens God's Word every Sunday afternoon at 5.30 on the new 94.9 FM and AM 950 WTLN. If you missed the Sunday broadcast, you can listen and study along with Dr. Jordan 24-7 at WTLN.com by clicking on the podcast tab and then Riches of Grace. Riches of Grace, a service of Grace Impact Ministries at graceimpact.org. 5.30 Sunday on the new 94. 4.9 FM and AM 950 WTLN. The heat is on, but you've been putting off updating your AC. Well, the wait is over. Cool off now with another great, amazing radio deal. Only at AmazingRadioDeals.com. Yep, summer in Florida is going to be hot, but this deal is even hotter. With central air at half price. Just go to AmazingRadioDeals.com for all the details on half price cooling from the area's best AC companies. Real half price deals. No catch? No kidding. But don't wait. These complete AC home packages with installation will go fast. Just go to AmazingRadioDeals.com and make sure you tell a friend. Half price cooling. Available only at AmazingRadioDeals.com. You're listening to the Pat Williams Power Hour on the new 94.9 FM and AM 950 WTLN. And now, here's Pat. Dr. John DeGarmo is with us from his home in Georgia. Uh, The book is out. It's called Faith and Foster Care, How We Impact God's Kingdom. John, the 10th chapter, How Faith Has Changed Foster Children. Explain what's going on here. How, what do you write about? Well, that chapter is actually uh, stories shared by alumni from the foster care system. When I was writing the book, I had, I had heard from many former foster children how their own lives had been changed by the faith that their foster parents shared with them. So this is a chapter um, devoted to those children in foster care, those alumni, as they share their stories about how their faith has changed them. It's a very, very inspiring chapter. It really ends the book on a wonderful, uplifting note and a very, very encouraging note as we see lives have been changed. You know, Pat, the statistics for those children in foster care who age out, who leave the system, whether 18 or 21 years of age, is pretty grim. 55% will drop out of school, 65% will end up homeless, and 75% of children in foster care will end up in jail. Mm. And the cycle just repeats itself over and over again. So this is a chapter about how those children who, have, um, who are now alumni have had their lives changed by faith, and they share their testimony. At the end of the book, uh, you list a number of pages, Scripture verses for foster parents. Uh, how did you come upon those particular verses, John, and how, how does this work into what we're talking about? I'll be quite honest with you, Pat. These are, these are uh, verses that I have had to rely on myself through the years as a foster parent. Uh, you know, sometimes there's, there's a section there about God's Word, about forgiveness. There have been those times where I, as a human being, have been very, very angry with some of the birth parents for what they've done to the children in my home who have come to live with me. Um, but you know what? 
again, as I said earlier, they are God's children, and they are no different than I. Their sins are no greater than my own, and God loves loves them no less than my own. So I had to ask for forgiveness. So I talk about it in there. And there's a number of verses in there about different topics that I believe that today's foster parents need. Dr. John DeGarmo uh, is our guest. His book is called Faith and Foster Care. Uh, John, tell me how you ended up adopting these children, uh, what went on, uh, how the children are doing. Uh, explain that and, and what other people might be looking at. Sure, thanks for asking. Uh, the person we adopted, she is now nine, nine years of age. She came to us when she was five days old. Mm. She was a former, her mom was... Um, went to the hospital looking for some drugs, and they said, oh, ma'am, you're actually in labor. And she gave birth to a five-pound child who is uh, who is who was born addicted to crack mm. and cocaine. And that 22 months later, I did not have to be honest with you, I didn't, I didn't plan to adopt her. I lost my first child to, uh, to a condition called anencephaly or anencephaly. It's a condition where the brain never forms. Mm. My, wife was in labor for, my wife was in labor for 92 hours. Uh, and I had three healthy children later on, so I knew the true miracle of life. So I felt that if I adopted this child, I would be selfishly taking her away from somebody who couldn't have children. Now, fortunately, my wife, the entire town I live in, the community, the church, and God said to me, hey, this is your child, this is your child. So mm. we adopted her. Uh, the other two we adopted... By the way, before you get to that, how, how is she doing? Uh, tell me about her. Pat, we were told she would never read or write. Really? So I, I just got a, she's now in third grade, I just got a text this morning from my wife that she surpassed her reading goal by 50 points. Mm. And so she, she's doing very, very well in school. She does struggle with some, some issues because she's, uh, you know, she has um, a fetal alcohol syndrome, but um, she's doing very, very well. Very, very well. Uh, thank you for asking. The other two are sisters. One came to us when she was a year and a half. Her mom was our town's only prostitute. Mm. Mom gave Mom gave her to a stranger at a grocery store. The girl came to us uh, a year and a half and knew only one word, and that word was shut up, and she hid everything in sight. It was just uh, a product of her environment. How old, she, how old was she then? It was a year and a half. Mm. Now she is uh, she's five years of age. She is the sweetest child you've ever met. She's all, she's all about princess tiaras and, and dresses and, um, and, and everything beautiful in the world. That's <laughs> just something else. Mm. And, and then her sister came, her, her biological sister came to us when she was 27 hours old. Wow. Uh, weighed only four pounds. Um, and they were joint adoptions. And my wife uh, and I adopted both. And their mom just had another baby. Oh, my goodness. Now, now will we adopt them? I, 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 <laughs> I don't know. We'll see what God's plan is in that. Isn't that an amazing story? Uh, and and the, these children were all where in the Georgia, in, in the state of Georgia, somewhere. That is correct. That's correct. Yes, all three of those children came from our town. Um, now, many of the foster children who live with me come from the state of Georgia, throughout the entire state. But those three we've adopted come from the town that I live in. Uh, what is your uh, counsel to families who are considering adoption? What do you, What do you say to them? Oh, goodness. First of all, you have to certainly pray about it. Uh, your family has to be on board. Both partners in the marriage have to be committed to it. Uh, it uh, you have to be open to challenges afterwards. Do not, do not believe that once the adoption process takes place that everything's going to be rosy and happy. That's, that's far from the case. There will be challenges afterwards. You know, I, I meet 
the birth mother of my oldest adopted child at the grocery store, at the library, at the at the school system. You know, we bump into each other all the time, quite often. Um, and then there can be challenges with that as well. But adoption is a wonderful gift as well. You know, we're all adopted as children of God. So it's just another um, it's another way to uh, to follow God's call to love His children in need. We uh, over the over ten year period, John, we adopted uh, fourteen children. Uh, so from four foreign countries. So we're uh, very, very much into the adoption world. Uh, our children are all adults now. The youngest is 30. The oldest is 44. Wow. And, uh, wow. and now we're uh, deeply into the grandchildren world. But right. uh, but everything you're talking about here has uh, great meaning to me. You know, Pat, one of the, one of the uh, I mentioned earlier, the 25, the 17-year-old from Romania who came to us, now she's 25, and she's uh, going to have a child, and, and we will be her grandparents mm. with family she's ever known. And for that, that, adds, that gives me great excitement that, that we could continue to be in this life of this former foster child of ours and, uh, you know, be grandparents to her own children so we can continue to be that family for that child. Oh, that's great. Two of our adopted children, by the way, are, are, are girls from Romania. Oh, okay. So we... Uh... We have a great love for that country as well. Right. Fantastic. Fantastic. Summarize uh, what we've been talking about here, uh, John, for our listeners. What uh, What do you want them to take away? Well, Pat, I want uh, this book is really for two groups. It's for those foster parents uh, who are struggling. So it's actually for all foster parents. And as we discussed, there are so many ways foster parents, couples, can pray for their children, for their marriage, for the birth parents, for strength, for wisdom, for guidance. It's also a book for the Church, for today's Church, because the mission field is right here. There are 500,000 children right now who need help, mm. who need that unconditional love. And as, as I said earlier, not everybody can be a foster parent, but Pat, everybody can help in some way, and this is how the book shares. Uh, what is the responsibility of the Church, in your opinion, uh, in the area of foster care? Oh, Pat, I think, I think the message is so clear. Matthew 25, 35 says, For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. That's these children, Pat. That's these children. The five children who came to my house at 1030 at night with their clothes on their back stapled together and infested with mess and human feces, and we had to throw those clothes away, and we fed those kids, and we gave those kids clothing. Uh, but we could not do that, Pat, without the help of our own church, as our own church reached out to us to help these children. The mission field is right here, and God's, and God's call is clear when he says, help the widows and the orphans. You know, a lot of churches today, and, and some people may frown at this, but some churches today will close their doors after Sunday night and not open up again for the week. But there's something the church can do seven days a week to help these children. My guest has been Dr. John DeGarmo. We've been talking about his book, Faith and Foster Care, How We Impact God's Kingdom. Uh, we got to wrap up, folks, right after this on the Pat Williams Saturday Power Hour, right here on the new 94.9 FM and AM 950 WTLN in Orlando, Florida. More of the Pat Williams Power Hour in just a moment on the new 94.9 FM and AM 950 WTLN. This is Dennis McKenzie for Families by Design. Strong families are designed by God. 
Do you want your family designed by God? For inspirational principles for today's families, listen to Families by Design with your host, Dr. Daniel Forbes and attorney Delton Chen. Families by Design airs every Sunday at 9 p.m. That's Families by Design on the new 94.9 FM and AM 950 WTLN. You're listening to the Pat Williams Power Hour on the new 94.9 FM and AM 950 WTLN. And now, here's Pat. Thanks so much for joining us, folks, on the Pat Williams Saturday Power Hour. Sam Ingracia was our guest in the first half hour, talking about praying together. And then Dr. John DeGarmo, author of Faith and Foster Care, visited with us from uh, his home in Georgia. Uh, please visit my website. It's uh, patwilliams.com. The Twitter page is Orlando Magic Pat. And uh, please check out my most recent book. It's called Leadership Excellence, Revised and Updated. Nice hardcover uh, finish on it. You'll like it. It's in bookstores now. Amazon.com, always a wonderful way to order books. So we'll be back next weekend. Hope you'll be with us. Uh, in the meantime, have a great day in church tomorrow with your family and a wonderful, wonderful week ahead here in Central Florida. And uh, we look forward to visiting with you again. Right here, folks, on the new 94.9 FM and AM 950 WTLN in Orlando, Florida. Thank you for joining us for this week's edition of the Pat Williams Power Hour. Join us again next week at this same time on the intersection of faith and reason. The new 94.9 FM and AM 950 WTLN. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com salemnow.com